With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Coming up on Ministry in the Marketplace. They may be ambassadors on Capitol Hill. They may be ambassadors on the mission field. They may be ambassadors in the science research lab. That's a sample of what you'll hear from today's guest, Brian Miller, head of ECS, Evangelical Christian School in Memphis. But that's really where I think taking Christ into the marketplace is a worthy objective for all of us. Ministry in the Marketplace. Times are changing for believers. A new day, a new paradigm is dawning for Christians in the United States. The political and social scenes are shifting. Persecution looms ominously on the horizon. Political correctness overshadows truth. Compromise is preferred to conviction. Truth is blurred, vision declines, and individual liberty evaporates. Is the future all gloom and doom? Does this spell the end of the church? Of course not. We serve a mighty God. His light has always shined brighter in the darkness. But it is a time to take a stand, to reflect Jesus Christ, and to make a difference. Where we live, where we work, in the marketplace. This is Ministry in the Marketplace. Real people, real lives, making real impact for the kingdom of God. And here with today's Ministry in the Marketplace is Reverend Richard Hamlet. Welcome to the program. I direct your attention to 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 4, 5, and 9 in the Word of God. For if God did not spare the angels who sinned, but cast them down to hell and deliver them into chains of darkness to be reserved for judgment, and did not spare the ancient world, but saved Noah, one of eight people, a preacher of righteousness, bringing in the flood on the world of the ungodly, then the Lord knows how to deliver the godly out of temptations and to reserve the unjust under punishment for the day of judgment. Well, here we see Noah, the patriarch, the kingdom businessman, living in a time centuries after the creation of this world and after the fall of man, By Genesis chapter 6, the world had become so wicked that God had said, I want to destroy every living being. And yet there was a man named Noah. And here we see in 2 Peter that the apostle Peter refers to the life of Noah and this man of God and his life during the Old Testament times. There are three observations I want to share with you about this man Noah as a kingdom businessman. First of all, there's the word obedience. Now, in Genesis chapter 6, the Bible says that Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord with all of the sin and all of the wickedness and all of the depravity that surrounded Noah during his earthly journey. Oh, it was only the grace of God on that side of the cross which allowed him to go forward and have a relationship, a faith walk with his God. And today, we look at our society We see pagan Christianity, nominalism, 
pluralism, where so many even mention the name of Christ, even associate themselves with a church or Christendom, and yet they are not born again by the gospel of Jesus Christ. Oh, that was not Noah. For Noah obeyed from his heart, as the New Testament teaches, the gospel of Jesus Christ on that side of the cross. So he was obedient. God said, Noah, I want you to build an ark. Now, friend, this wasn't like some bass boat today or some kind of boat that would go out on a lake or even some kind of cruise ship you may go on in the Gulf of Mexico. I want to tell you, this was an incredible ship. It was one that was so large that it could contain Noah and his family and animals from all over the earth, two of every kind. And so Noah was obedient. The Bible says that he prepared the ark. In Hebrews chapter 11, he is seen as one who by faith, faith is what led him in obedience and completing his assignment of building this ark for the salvation of his family. The second observation is the word diligence. Now, can you imagine a hundred years in a building project? Some of you listening today, you've maybe been with different companies. You've had different types of employment. You've been around a lot of different people in the marketplace, and that continues. Can you imagine having the same job for 100 years? I'm 53 years old. I've had several places of employment and started companies and now have a kingdom business that God has led me to lead. But I look at my life and I think of all the associations and all the projects and all the assignments. And then I look at Noah and I can't imagine what it would be like for 100 years to be there with a hammer and nails and gopher wood with his sons as a subcontractor as he was the contractor of this project. For a hundred years, he was diligent. Noah got this point that we need to know today as kingdom businessmen and women. It is this in the marketplace, that there must be a diligence. When we put our hand to the plow, dear friend, we cannot look back. Our assignment is not from a company CEO. It's not from a board of directors. It's not from a church council. Our assignment in the work of the Lord is to be diligent, and it comes from heaven above. And so this man was diligent. Can you imagine his work? Peter says here that he was a preacher of righteousness. That's interesting because we really don't hear or see the script of his message in Noah in the historical narrative. But Peter referred to him as a preacher. No doubt Noah verbalized the gospel. No doubt he said, repent or you shall perish, as Jesus said in his ministry. No doubt he was there saying, oh, people, turn from your idols and your paganism and come to know the living God by faith. But we don't find any of those messages or sermon scripts in the historical narrative in Genesis, but we find Peter here saying he was a preacher of righteousness. Every time he had that hammer and every time he nailed that nail into the gopher wood and every room of the ark was built, it was a message of repent. Repent, the judgment of God is coming. Dear friend, it was only the diligence of Noah and his family as they were following their obedience from the heart, that they did their work unto the Lord. Your work today is important. Whatever you do or say, the Bible says, oh, do it for the glory of God. You may be assigned what you think is some menial task, that nobody knows what you're doing. I tell you, God knows what you're doing, and your work is to glorify God. Our work is not primarily to make us wealthy here in the United States. It is to make us a pleasure unto God, a sweet savor. And so we see diligence in his life. And then thirdly, we see endurance. The Bible says, he who endures to the end will be saved. What does that mean? 
Here's what it does not mean, friend. It does not mean that your works of righteousness and your deeds of the flesh and your obedience to the law is something that you must do every jot and diddle to the very end or you will go to hell and pay the penalty of your sins. What it means is that those who are truly born again by the gospel of Jesus Christ, those who are believers by faith like Noah and his family were, those who are obedient from the heart as God does a work of grace in their heart through the Holy Spirit, those are the ones who will continue to live out their journey of faith. There'll be potholes in the road. There will be setbacks. It may be two steps forward and one step backward, but here's the thing. The thrust of one's life is endurance. It is seeing the prize of the high calling of Jesus Christ that's at the end of the journey. It's seeing not only this day or tomorrow, but that day when we will all stand before the Lord Jesus Christ and we will give an account. The marketplace is full of walking dead men spiritually who need to have a glimpse of Jesus, who need to hear the words of Jesus. And dear friend, whatever you're doing, do not minimize the relationships you have for none are insignificant. For you may be the one in God's providence who's been placed in the path of someone in the marketplace. That is why we entitled this program Ministry in the Marketplace, because it is 24-7 wherever there is human activity all around the globe. It matters not. It's where there are relationships of commerce and education and music and the arts and sports and where there is any type of transaction or interaction that takes place in this world. Today, I want to encourage you, like Noah, would you seek the Lord while he may be found? Would you know that God has placed significance upon you because of the redemptive work of Jesus Christ on your behalf at the cross? Would you know today that you are significant and that everything you do is important? It's been ordained by God. Imagine if Noah would have stopped at the 50th, 60th, or 70th year. He went on to the 100th year. And to the day that the door of the ark closed, and the Bible says he was shut in with the Lord, there was still an opportunity for those in the marketplace to come in repentance and enter the ark. Dear friend, bless you today. Amen. Still ahead on Ministry in the Marketplace. They're ambassadors. Again, they may be ambassadors on Capitol Hill. They may be ambassadors on the mission field. They may be ambassadors in the science research lab. Brian Miller of ECS Evangelical Christian School, next. Ministry in the Marketplace is made possible by GMF, Global Ministries Fellowship. Ministering in the Marketplace is the example Christ set for us. Jesus spent the majority of his time where the people were, in marketplaces. And he wants to do the same today through you and me in our marketplaces where we connect with people. Early Christians faced extreme persecution for sharing their faith. And in many places of the world, that persecution continues even unto death. As a Western believer, chances are you won't die for telling a friend about Jesus. But the sobering thing is, there will come a day when they'll meet their maker. Wouldn't it be great to see their joy in eternity? For ideas on how to share your faith in the marketplace, visit our website, gmfonline.org, gmfonline.org. Ministry in the Marketplace. Our Real Time in the Marketplace spotlights men and women who are applying their faith to their unique marketplace. 
For the past 13 years, Brian Miller has been doing this in the educational realm as president of ECS, Evangelical Christian School of Memphis. With about a thousand students enrolled in grades K through 12, Brian and his staff are busy teaching tomorrow's doctors, lawyers, scientists, moms, and dads to be ministers in the marketplace. Here again is Richard Hamlet. We want to welcome into the studio today, Brian Miller. Brian is a dear friend. He is the president of Evangelical Christian School here in Memphis. This is a school that all three of my adult children attended, and we love this school, and we're thankful for how it's been a witness in Memphis for many years in Christian education. Brian, welcome. Richard, it's great to be with you. As you said, a longstanding friendship that's taken on a lot of forms over the years. First of all, tell us about your background. Yeah, I, I did not take the uh, traditional route into uh, to education, actually. Uh, I began on the management training program at First Tennessee Bank in 1977, and I spent 25 years in banking that culminated uh, with Bank of America. But uh, through through that time, I uh, had always been active and believed that, uh, again, God had put me there to be a, uh, a witness for him. And then as this opportunity open to get into education and think that I could influence those who would be going out to make an impact in the marketplace was just an interesting call that God put on my heart in life. Well, what is the mission of Evangelical Christian School? You know, the great thing, Richard, for me, again, this is my 13th year, but I walked into a place that has had a very solid foundation since our founding in 1964. Uh, it was on the hearts of our founders that it would be a Christ-centered, biblically-directed education for the Christian family. And uh, 49 years later, that is still the heartbeat uh, of ECS. That's who we are and really believe that's what God has called us as a school, to keep that, that focus, the, the main thing, the main thing on this Christ-centered, biblically-directed education that challenges students to know the Lord Jesus Christ, to also we talk about instilling both the vision and the practice of excellence in education through academics, leadership, character, and service. Can you give us some examples of how ECS as a student body has reached out into the community and partnerships and on a mission basis? Richard, I think one of the challenges oftentimes in education or even Christian education is it becomes just an academic or intellectual exercise. Uh, There's a great uh, phrase from another college uses is that I think kind of drives us as well is that we want to engage the head, the heart, and the hands. And then when those are operating together, you truly have a well-prepared uh, a well-educated Christian that understands uh, how those work together. So it can be anything for us through our uh, what we have, a Servant Leadership Institute, where our kids actually uh, identify projects in the community that they want to be involved with. So it could be anything from the Sukasa Hispanic ministry here to a number of our kids are involved in streets ministries. But the thing that I, I really appreciate the most about this, they identify that, 
and then they're a part of really driving out, well, what's their role going to be in that? So again, that's really kind of is the old putting the rubber to the road. I think it's putting their faith into action by taking some of the equipping, the gifting that they have and really seeing that work its way into our community locally but then also internationally, we form partnerships with a school in Meta de Mexico. So our kids have gone down there and done everything from construction to uh, Bible school, English as a second language. And then through our affiliation with your ministry, we've had an opportunity to partner with uh, Mercy Christian in Thailand to have uh, four students that, again, we're, <laughs> we're learning a lot from them as they learn from us as uh, they're here with such purpose to learn English, to be trained in Christian education, to go back to Thailand and make an impact through Christian education in Thailand. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to Ministry in the Marketplace. Today's featured guest is Brian Miller, president of ECS, Evangelical Christian School of Memphis. We know this generation is unique, Brian, as we both know, as uh, as parents, becoming grandparents now. What makes this generation unique? I mean, from your observation as the president of a, of a student body like this, what what's the observation there? You know, in, in ways, Richard, there's probably two sides to this coin. I, I think that they have a tendency to question everything. And there, there's a good to that. They don't take some of the standard answers that even oftentimes we've offered in the Christian community of cliches, whatever. Uh, th- their word tends to be uh, authenticity, uh, transparency, and, and I think that's a good thing. And so they really are uh, a group that engaging their heads and their hearts and hands, very malleable, very purposeful social justice, again, is another thing that uh, we just had a couple of our alumni that were part of this race across America uh, for the, to raise awareness for human trafficking. Again, we think of that as an issue somewhere over there. Uh, it's right here, even in Memphis, Tennessee. And so those are the things that, again, I think they are translating the gospel into their lives, into the issues of their day in a way that's, that's encouraging and, uh, and, and I think going to be very impactful. Well, these students will be the ministers in the marketplace of professional careers and vocations very soon. And so this is why it's so important for all of us to hear and our listeners to engage here to know that that God is doing a work through an evangelical Christian school here in Memphis to train these champions for Christ, the next generation. Well, there are several Christian schools in the Memphis area, and we're blessed with that. What makes ECS unique? I mean, you've shared some of those points already, but what, how would you elaborate on that? Really, in the, the larger Christian school world, there, there's two types. So one is open enrollment, and, and again, those are wonderful schools, a number of those in this area that reach out to uh, families that are, are both believers or those who may not be. Uh, there's another group of Christian schools that operate in the discipleship model, and, and that's how ECS and our founding in 1964 for the Christian family. And and what I often say is our advantage in this discipleship model is that we really want parents to know that for us to be able to instill this biblical worldview that I believe is one of our strengths 
is that in every area, whether it's in the, it's not just the Bible classroom, it's not just the chapel, they're going to see God in the math classroom, they're going to see him on the ball field, they're going to see him on the stage, and really trying to make Christ relevant to our kids in every area of life. Really, again, for us, you know, Colossians 1 uh, is one of our guiding uh, verses that uh, Christ is uh, before all things, in him all things together, and he is reconciling all things to himself. So it's kind of that all things that I think we have a chance to do with our students. Well, as we begin to close this interview, is there anything you would like to leave our audience with here? First of all, your website is www.ecseagles.com. And uh, again, there, there's a lot about our school there. And you know, again, I, I think the, the encouraging thing to me within our larger Christian education commu- community and within our Christian community is ensuring that we're equipping these kids. They're ambassadors. They may be ambassadors on Capitol Hill. They may be ambassadors on the mission field. They they may be ambassadors in the science research lab. But that's really where, again, I think taking Christ into the marketplace is a worthy objective for all of us. Well, amen to that, Brian. And we pray God's richest of blessings upon you and ECS. God bless you. Thank you, Richard. You're listening to Ministry in the Marketplace. Our guest today has been Brian Miller, head of ECS Schools here in Memphis. Learn more about ECS at their website, ecseagles.com. Coming up next in our Real World Impact. These men who are alcoholics have been transformed by the grace of God through these little children when they took the gospel of Jesus Christ and became salt in their homes. Edgar Sathyalari of Native Ministries in New Delhi, India, shares an inspiring story of God's transforming power, next on Ministry in the Marketplace. Evangelizing, equipping, empowering. It's the heartbeat of every endeavor GMF undertakes. One of GMF's strategies is to invest in real estate that provides safe, sanitary, affordable housing for low to moderate income people. Both social and spiritual services are extended to these communities. To learn how Global Ministries Fellowship is evangelizing, equipping, and empowering, visit gmfonline.org. That's gmfonline.org. This is Ministry in the Marketplace. Real World Impact. This is Edgar Sathaluri in New Delhi. Native Ministries that I represent stands for National's Training Institute for Village Evangelism, a disciple-making ministry and also soul winning and church planting. Edgar Sathyalari is a man who has a heart for missions in his homeland of India. You may recall from your geography lessons that India has a history of what is called a caste system. In fact, the term outcast is derived from this system. There are many children who are considered outcast and low class, and these are some of the ones Edgar wants to reach for Christ. Those kids were dirty. They were living in little shacks. Their fathers earned their living by catching mouse or rat in the paddy field. But whatever they earn, they use it for alcohol. 
And so we prayed, Lord, help us to reach those kids. One summer month, our school teachers, these are all godly Christian teachers, they took the gospel to those kids for four weeks every day they would go and share the gospel and immediately there was a big response. As Edgar and his native team taught these children, they soon discovered the kids weren't the only ones who were being taught. The children joined, about 30 of them, and the parents were excited. You know, these little children learned alphabet and taught their mother's alphabet. Now each mother can sign her name for the first time in her life. Remember the alcoholic men that Edgar mentioned at the beginning of the story? Well, it turns out that they, in turn, were also being affected by the little children of New Delhi, India. You see, the gospel has a power to change lives, and it sure did. These men who were alcoholics have been transformed by the grace of God through these little children. When they took the gospel of Jesus Christ, little lives who were transformed, radiating with the life of Christ and the light of the gospel of Jesus Christ, and became salt in their homes. And so their fathers could not drink anymore. And their mothers, they asked about Jesus. These kids shared about Christ. And in one year, we were able to plant a church among that tribe. And there is a beautiful church now for their own in that tribe called Yeruka. GMF has partnered with Native Ministries to win the lost in India. You'll find videos and testimonies of the far-reaching impact Edgar Sathyalari is having in his marketplace at nativeministriesindia.org, nativeministriesindia.org. This is Ministry in the Marketplace. And now, with today's wrap-up, is Richard Hamlet. Well, dear friend, as we begin to close this program, I want to encourage you today that no matter how dark society is or your marketplace where you live and work, that the God of light, the God of Noah, the God of the gospel, Jesus Christ, who is the gospel, is with you and in you. Today, I want to pray that God will strengthen you and that you will be satisfied in your life as he is most glorified. Dear God, I pray for the listeners today, and Lord, as we have looked in the life of Noah briefly today, Father, would you just intervene in the lives of these listeners, provide the strength that they need to be your witnesses. I pray within their families, their friendships, their social circles, their community of faith, that they would be a person of influence and they would advance your kingdom as they submit to the King of Kings, Jesus Christ. Amen. We thank you for listening to Ministry in the Marketplace, brought to you by Global Ministries Fellowship. GMF exists for the purpose of supporting Christ's church in Great Commission strategies and execution around the world. Our email address is info at gmfonline.org. If you're on Twitter, you can follow Richard Hamlet. His Twitter handle is at Richard Hamlet. And if you'd like to listen to this program again or perhaps catch up on past programs that you may have missed, you can find those available for you anytime at our website, gmfonline.org. Ministry in the Marketplace is produced by Rick Tarrant Productions in conjunction with Bot Radio Memphis. We hope you'll join us again next week when Richard Hamlet and Global Ministries Fellowship bring you another edition of Ministry in the Marketplace.
With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.